Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO, and I'm excited to discuss this topic with Michael King. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a big pleasure because uh, check out your profile. <laughs> you have awesome experience about SEO. You're passionate about that. Uh, can you. you tell more uh, why you decided to learn more about SEO to take this niche and uh, about your experience background? Yeah, it was literally an accident. Um, you know, I got into a bike accident, had to get a job to pay my medical bills. And the first company to hire me was an SEO agency because of my background in you know web development and computer science and um when i was introduced to it it was just really interesting to me you know just the idea that like you can manipulate components of websites and then that you know yielded better rankings so it's just always been a really interesting thing because of the fact that it just changes so much and you can never get bored of it because google's just gonna like change it up on you so the things that you thought worked today won't necessarily work tomorrow and what worked yesterday doesn't necessarily work today so it's just like a ongoing challenge that helps you you know just stay interested yeah i agree completely with that you know from my experience if seo specialists uh, don't develop their skills they can't go ahead you know they just use obsolete methods and uh, for example when uh, i interview new uh, candidates for my company uh, i often ask about new changes about some new ideas uh, uh, new insights because if they share about buying links or something obsolete you know yeah <laughs> i'm not interested with that Okay, uh, can you tell uh, uh, more about um, finding a good job in SEO? For example, uh, you was uh, you were hired uh, because uh, of accident. Mm -hmm. uh, what about other people? How you can uh, <laughs> tell them how to find a good job without accidents, just to have this goal or purpose? Yeah, I would say that you know you should really focus on building something, and uh, because you know a lot of jobs in SEO, you just kind of talk about SEO. And you're like, oh, hey, here's how you do it. But if you haven't actually done it, it's very difficult for you to understand those nuances and how websites truly work. You know, um, where I've really benefited is that like I, before I got into SEO, I built websites for a number of years. Uh, you know, I used to do a lot of things like managing servers and things like that. So like I really understood what we were trying to accomplish. And so when I communicate recommendations to our clients, I'm able to speak you know, developer language, I'm, I'm able to speak business language, marketing language, so I can like get all the people at the table to understand what I'm talking about so we can actually get those things done. So my my biggest recommendation is always like build something, whether that's like you know, just build a blog, get a couple keywords, try to make it rank, um, build an e-commerce site, you know, try to get your first dollar made on the internet. Like all those things are going to teach you how to actually make things happen and it's going to make you more valuable in the job market thing is man especially here the job market is crazy there's just not enough seos for the roles that are open so you know you could probably get away with not knowing as much as you normally would have to because there's just so much demand but nevertheless my recommendation is the same like build something try to make it rank and then from there, you're just going to know way better than the, the people that have just like read books and blog posts about SEO. 
Yeah. And you know, uh, it's interesting that uh, I found if someone starts from uh, website development, uh, they usually tell that the technical aspect is more important than uh, user experience and uh, creating content. Uh, uh, what do you think? Uh, which ranking factors or where uh, webmasters need to pay more attention today? Uh, for example, to technical SEO, to user experience, to creating content, to link building uh, uh, from your experience? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's like, you know, one thing over other things. It all depends on the situation for the website itself. Right. Because like let's say you're talking about an e-commerce site. Well, yes, a lot of the work is going to be technical because if the site is big, there are things that you can do from a technical perspective that are scalable that then yield a lot of improvements in performance. But if we're talking about like a, a media site or a smaller site that has, you know, less than a million pages or less than a hundred thousand pages, um, it's, it's far more about the content aspects It's far more about the link building and so on. So really just, it's dependent upon the situation that you're in. It's never like a blanket statement that like, oh, link building is the most important thing or content is the mo most important thing. It all depends on the site itself. And so to that point, one thing I do want to highlight is that in SEO, we tend to uh, overvalue links because that's like one of the things that we learned about early as an industry, like, okay, more links you build, the better things perform. But you know, Google's algorithms or scoring functions are really just like a series of things that they are looking at in the giant equation. And then every component has its own weight. So a lot of times you'll see that like, oh, you have more links than someone or you have better quality links than someone based on the metrics that the link indices tell you. But Google may still say like, okay, let's turn the dial down on these links, uh, link metrics. And then some of those other metrics will be more powerful. So to that point, I've seen instances where we've just done content optimization on page and seen a page go up 50 positions. So it again, it's not it's not just one thing at any moment. It can be any of those things or any combination of those things that really gets you there. So you just got to be open to understanding, like, what is the situation that this website is in and then optimizing accordingly? Yeah, yeah, completely agree with that. Uh, okay, um, can you tell how to find the right SEO specialist today? For example, uh, uh, how you can choose from many SEO specialists when you hire someone and uh, for uh, business owners, if they want to cooperate with agencies or freelancers, can you provide more insights? Uh, because uh, from my experience, it's interesting that in my company, we usually cooperate with uh, clients who tried SEO with other agencies, freelancers, and mm -hmm. they uh, come to us because uh, when they ask about the price, uh, why, why it's expensive. I tell them, you know, you can try yourself, you know, you can uh, do without SEO agency or uh, to cooperate with uh, other freelancers. And uh, for some time they can get back, you know, and ask, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand why. <laughs> can yeah. you tell how yeah. do you, yeah. So there, there's a saying, um, I'm pretty sure my dad didn't invent it, but he always says it. Um, if you buy cheap, you buy twice. And so that's basically what I say to my clients. Like, look, if you don't want to spend what it's going to cost, then you'll probably be back soon anyway. Um, but nevertheless, in answer to your question, you know, the quick answer to that is check out a site called getcredo.com. Um, it's run by a, a guy who came up in the SEO world named John Doherty. And he's like a matchmaker between, you know, clients and um, 
you know, agencies and, and freelancers and so on. And it's like a whole vetted network of great people. But the longer answer to this is that, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to end up reaching out to a bunch of different companies and you're going to say like, okay, who is the best for my needs? And a lot of people think like, oh, I just need to go to a vertically focused agency. I don't necessarily think that's true, but there are people that believe that. It's like, I'm an e-commerce site. I have to get, you know, an agency that specializes in e-commerce SEO. In fact, I think that's kind of a um, mistake because you're just going to get like the same exact um, campaign that someone else got. And that's not necessarily going to work. Like marketing is largely about differentiation. So anyway, you're going to have a list of agencies or freelancers that you're thinking about. And really, you've got to have a vetting process that speaks to what your needs are. And, you know, people handle sales differently, right? Like there are some people that are just like, here's who we are. Here's where we cost. You know, let's go. Right. Like and you kind of just determine based on how much you liked that salesperson if you're going to move forward. And then there are people that are more like how we do it, where it's like we actually will review the site in terms of your business goals, just kind of like from a high level to say, here's some key opportunity areas that we would look to solve and here's how we'd solve them. And so that way you get a clear de determination of like, what am I getting from this agency? Um, so, you know, it's really, it really comes down to you making sure that you find someone that gives you enough information upfront to truly make the right decision for your business. I don't think there's any you know, magic words I can give you because again, it's like situationally dependent. And I would say you should go in there first, just making sure that you're ready for an agency. You know, are you to a point where you have the right people internally that are ready to move? Because, you know, people always say like SEO takes six months. It doesn't. It actually does not at all. It's it, Google moves far faster than when that, that model was built. Um, you know, they're they're not limited in the ways that they were before. And we see results in the first month pretty easily. Right. It all just comes down to how ready is the business actually to do the things required for SEO to happen. And that typically takes three to six months. Um, so just to kind of wrap this up in a nice bow. One, be clear that you're ready Two, make sure you've got the re right resources. Three, be clear on your business goals. And then four, identify a series of partners to, you know, kind of um, speak to with a, a bit of a rubric that you've determined for yourself as to what a good partner looks like. And then, you know, go through their processes and then see, you know, who matches your rubric the best. And then that's how you pick the agency that makes sense for you. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, you know, guys, I don't know. We have some technical issues with uh, StreamYard, but I see your questions on LinkedIn. I can't show them on the screen. I don't know why. Uh, probably uh, StreamYard will decide these problems, but uh, I have the. Uh, I see your questions, and uh, yeah, I will ask them. Yeah, we have a big audience, and um, yeah, the the first question: What is the best way to learn SEO? Uh, best thing, best way to learn SEO is again, you know, doing something. Um, and the same thing about like learning the code, you know, there's courses, there's books and so on. Um, and I learn very well with books, but not everyone does. Right. But I think the best way to learn is, is look to solve a series of problems <clears throat> and then look specifically for answers to those problems. So let's say for instance, again, you've built a website, Let's say it's an e-commerce site and you're like, okay, I want to rank for these five keywords. Well, 
you know, the first step would be like, how do I find out whether or not these keywords are worth ranking for? So then you you would learn a bit about keyword research and then you'd say, okay, well, are, are my pages optimized? And then you would look to find out like, what does it take to optimize a page well? So you might start from something like this, like an old blog post on Moz where they talk about the perfectly optimized page, which is kind of out of date to some degree because, you know, it's really just talking about like, okay, put the keyword in the title, put it in the H1, put it in the body copy, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually far more complicated than that now with respect to how Google understands pages from a natural language processing perspective. And so you'll kind of like go into this rabbit hole of, okay, well, I started here at this perfectly optimized page, but this is old, what's new? And you just like keep going that way. And so these questions that you're asking yourself as you're building out your own website are gonna be far better at teaching you than you know, just watching a course where you're not really actively doing anything. Because the, the difficulty is that you're just not gonna remember that stuff. What you wanna do is actually be doing something and then the act of physically doing something will help you better understand and better remember. So again, the same. my answer is the same, like build something and then do your research as you go so that you can build um, you know, a better optimized site and really learn how to do this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that was from North Korea. <laughs> These guys didn't have, uh, yeah, they don't have internet, but <laughs> they upload. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I often get this question about how to learn SEO. And from my experience, uh, we have known the best way. Uh, it's up to you. For example, if you like to watch videos, just go to YouTube, watch videos. If you like to listen to audio podcasts, just do it. You know, yeah, I love reading books or uh, from blog posts. It's up to you or courses, take them, uh, find your loving way and act. Yeah, I completely agree with that. You need to act. If you learn something and do nothing, uh, uh, you can forget all new skills for a few weeks, you know, yeah. But when you practice them, you need to adapt to find what uh, works for you. For example, I remember when I started to learn more about LinkedIn marketing, I felt with many techniques, uh, best uh, practices. And, uh, but with, with acting, I found my way. Yeah, it works for me. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, uh, can you tell why you called your book Science of SEO? Yeah, my book is is more like a computer science book than like a business book. Um, and my whole premise is that in SEO, we say it depends a lot. I've, I think I've said it five times already. Um, and my whole goal was like, how do we determine what it depends on? So in my book, I'm really like digging into the information retrieval concepts, the natural language processing concepts, like all the computer science behind how SEO works. So I can then translate that for people looking to really understand like the technical components of SEO better. And so, you know, we, we often think of SEO as an art, of course, as the book, the art of SEO. My book is like the other side of that, which is more the actual science or the technical components of seo mm -hmm. yeah got it uh okay guys you can find this uh, book in the description below yeah uh, I, I will add it uh can you tell uh more about indexes indexing issues yeah we have this question from uh, nizam uh yeah uh, 
just tell how to uh, do we need to index the whole website uh, or it's better to pay attention with some priorities because uh, I often see when uh, the masters try to index all pages and they can't get it. Uh, do we need to do it or not? Uh, I mean, you don't necessarily need to index all of your pages. Like you got to index the ones you care about, of course. And indexing issues come for a variety of reasons. You know, one of the things that people are talking about the most lately is the whole uh, crawl but not index thing that you'll see in Google Search Console. <clears throat> and so, you know, that's generally an indication that Google doesn't think that page is important, right? Like they crawled it, they saw it, they're like, eh, we don't need to index this. You have something similar to it or... Um, you know, there's not enough internal links to this page for us to think it's really valuable. And really what it comes down to is like improving the quality of your site, right? Like, so if you've got, and again, I'm going to use e-commerce as the example here. You've got a bunch of pages that are effectively like near duplicates. Well, that's not going to be important to Google unless you build more links to it. So it's, it's really a function of like making sure that you're highlighting the pages that are, that matter most through the structure so that Google always has the best opportunity to, um, you know, give visibility to those pages. Yeah, got it. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, choosing priorities uh, or, for example, how to create a content plan. Uh, for example, uh, I remember when one of my clients asked me, uh, I want to rank keyword weight loss. Uh, for a few months because some of your competitors promised me to do it. Uh, and I asked them, okay, show your website. Uh, and I got the reply, uh, we are going to launch this website in the next month. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you think? Uh, how to choose the right strategy? For example, uh, uh, if uh, some webmasters start from scratch, they have no content, uh, authority, anything, you know, and uh, but they need to create content. I, I'm not sure it's a good idea to uh, try to rank uh, weight loss because uh, you will compete with big companies, billion companies, you know, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, which way is better? So just so I understand, you have a, a, a client or a proverbial client that's coming mm -hmm. to you saying, we're about to launch a, a website and we want to rank for a head term that's highly competitive, like weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not realistic. So what they should do, there's, there's a lot of approaches you can take here, but the one that I typically like to do is when they're in a pre-launch phase, um, we like to suggest that they put some sort of content experience, like an interactive content experience where the homepage will be. And then during that time, while they're like building their real website, you can build links to that homepage. And then once they're ready to launch, you move that content piece somewhere else. And then you've already got, you know, a few thousand links pointing to that homepage. So that's a good way to make them more competitive right out the gate. But ranking for a keyword like weight loss is just completely unrealistic with the new website. Realistically, they should start out with more long tail keywords. And then as the site grows, grow into the midterms and then in the head terms. Again, realistically, a keyword like like weight loss, you're looking at like two to three years, of, mm -hmm. you know, aggressive link building, content creation, um, and just like general promotion of the brand across the web before you start cracking like the top 50 or so 
for mm-hmm. that keyword. So yeah, I would just say, first of all, if a client came to me like that and they said like, that's what they want to do, I'd be like, I don't think you're a good fit for us. Um, but if they are open to being more strategic there, what I just said is what we would recommend to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, can you tell more about this strategic? Uh, for example, uh, if we can't take weight loss, uh, probably we can uh, choose other uh, keywords, I don't know, weight loss uh, supplements review or something like this. Yeah. Uh, uh, how to choose them? How to find them? Uh, for example, if I type on SEMrush or HRS or any other related tools, uh, I usually uh, see uh, high volume keywords in the first mm-hmm. screen uh, and uh, everyone want to get them. Uh, but uh, how to <laughs> choose the right keywords that it's possible to promote uh, I don't know, as soon as possible? Yeah, I actually wouldn't start from SEMrush. You know, the first step is really to understand the audience because the audience will help you understand, you know, what sort of keywords make the most sense for this use case. And so, you know, if the audience is like already health conscious, they're not necessarily looking for a keyword like weight loss. They may be looking for very specific diets or they may be looking for very specific um, workout programs or something like that. And so being that we're talking about this level of specificity, it may automatically tell you like, okay, these are longer tail keywords that we're looking for. Um, Beyond that, like if your first thing is open SEMrush, which is fine, uh, you can filter by search volume. So typically, you know, the lower search volume keywords are going to be the long tail keywords, or you could um, do a keyword gap analysis and then, you know, do an export and then, um, you know, do like a, a word count uh, column or whatever, and then filter by anything that has, you know, four or more words as a keyword. So there's a variety of ways to do it. But, you know, I, again, I, I would start from the audience first, because that's going to help you drive your ideas for which keywords you look for. Yeah, yeah, completely agree with that. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, the parameter it, expertise, authority, trust. Um, uh, what do you think? It's essential today to uh, improve the level. I don't know, we, we have no, some metric to analyze this parameter. Uh, can you tell how to uh, improve your uh, possible ranking level with uh, this parameter? Yeah, I'm actually not, um, <laughs> I'm actually not a huge believer in EAT. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, it's something that Google is doing, but like as far as what you do, there's not too many things to do, right? Like, um, it really comes down to connecting your authors to their content. So, you know, a lot of people will do content and it's like written by the company or written by, you know, contributor. You've got to have the actual person there and you've got to have an artist bio that's got a link to a artist or not artist author bio. Um, author detail page. And then that's also got to link out to other places that they write. Because at the end of the day, Google uses links to citations to connect people to things across the web. And that's really the best you can do, you know, like build your authors up on other publications and then connect their writing to that. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's, it's not something that I make a high priority because, you know, while it is valuable. I've not seen like us do those things and suddenly we create a hockey stick of growth. I've also not seen, you know, it go in the other direction where, you know, client didn't have um, 
their authors set up and and so on. Um, and then, you know, they lost all their traffic in that time frame. Uh, most people that come to us and they say like, hey, we think we got hit by EAT. You know, they always had other issues that were worth fixing that were mm -hmm. bigger. And so we did that and then they saw the recovery and then like EAT was no longer talked about. So, um, you know, that list of things I mentioned, that's what you do. But I don't I don't expect you to get a ton of value out of doing it. Yeah. And you know, since I remember when uh, I asked one of my clients uh, uh, when he is going uh, to fix uh, my technical audit, and he replied to me, you know, uh, I started from uh, writing uh, alt text uh, mm. in, on uh, some images, and I, I told him, no way, don't do it, uh, because we have uh, many other things to do, and uh, if you fix some alt text in pages that we are not going to promote. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just wasting of your time. Mm -hmm. Can you tell more about priorities? How to choose the right priorities? Because uh, SEO is big. We can uh, cover all ranking factors. And um, sometimes we can't do link building or content creation. Uh, and today, yeah, we know less about quality. Can you tell uh, your way of choosing priorities? Yeah, so when we identify issues with the site, you know, we're looking at, frankly, how big the issue is, right? Like how often is it happening across the site? And then we also determine, well, how much impact do we expect it'll have if we fix it? And then how ready is it to be done? Like, is it something that we need to, you know, speak to more people, do more digging to determine how to actually fix it within the environment that we're talking about? So effectively, we're scoring all of our recommendations on three different scales. And then you just add that up to determine, you know, what the privatization is going to be. So if you're working with more product focused teams, they have their own sort of sizing as well. So like they have impact sizing um, and they typically use like t-shirt sizes to determine that. So like, you know, extra small all the way up to extra, extra large. And so whatever the mechanism that the company is using, that's what you should get involved in line with. But we have our own scoring mechanism as well. Like I just said, that allows us to, to present the clients effectively a roadmap of how we recommend doing things so that they can get the most um, bang for their buck. But at the same time, there's always a series of things that tend to be valuable uh, for any website that we can we present as like quick wins. So as an example, if you got a ton of links pointing to pages that no longer exist, either internally or externally, that tends to be something that you can fix quickly and see value from right away. Like there have been instances where clients have had millions of links pointing to pages that are 404ing, and then you just redirect those, and then suddenly they see this pop in organic search traffic, and then they're like, oh, wow, this SEO thing does work. Let's put some more resources on it. And so you're creating that flywheel and that snowball effect by getting those quick wins first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Uh, okay, if you started about links, can you tell uh, strategies of link building that uh, you use in your company for your clients? Uh, because yeah, we have uh, a bunch of methods, but I'm not sure that we need to cover all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, what do you think? Uh, which methods work well today, and why? Yeah, um, all the all the link building we do is content driven. You know, we're not. We're not like just saying like, hey, let's do a guest posting campaign. We're like, let's create an asset that is very interesting, typically interactive, 
uh, data driven and so on. And let's let's like promote that asset. You know, like we're reaching out to journalists, we're reaching out to bloggers, we're reaching out to resource pages and things like that. And we're saying like, hey, we've got this awesome piece. Can you link to it? That's the bulk of our link building. Um, but in some cases where a client has a ton of like good or great resource content, then we'll we'll do like broken link building. We'll do resource stuff. Um, and in other cases, when we have a piece of content that's especially compelling, we'll also do um, some paid media, like running like ads specifically to journalists so that they see the content. And then when we reach out to them, they're like, oh, yeah, I saw this. This is awesome. Like, uh, let me know about your next piece. So we try mm -hmm. to do like a higher level of link building. It doesn't necessarily yield a ton of links, but it, it yields high quality links. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, do you use uh, help of reporters out this website? Uh, yeah, we we do that, but we use it sparingly. I know there's there are folks that do that like as a their primary tactic. Um, mm -hmm. The problem is that you can go through all that work of like submitting something through Harrow and then not get a link out of it because someone just wants to quote you in their story. So mm -hmm. you know it, it can work and it can also not work. It's better to um, you know, build your network of, of journalists and then like be aware of what their beats are. And then if you've got a client whose content aligns with that beat, say like, Hey, we got this thing. Do you want to be the first one to talk about this? And then once you've got that first placement, you can go to lower tier uh, publications, like local news and things like mm -hmm. that to build links from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, your main strategy, uh, reaching out to bloggers and journalists. How do you find them? Uh, do you use tools uh, uh, and how you connect with your content? Uh, you need to tell them that your content is uh, links worthy, I don't know, something like this. Uh, yeah, can you share more technical insights? Uh, which tools we need to use, how to personalize the message, and how do we know that this connect yeah, is good? Yeah, yeah. Um, the primary tool that we use is Pitchbox. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I love Pitchbox. It's, it's a great tool. Um, they help you automate a lot of the identification of the uh, prospects. They help you identify the contact information. They allow you to like separate the concerns. So you can have, you know, someone who's more junior that is, um, you know, managing the review of websites. And then you can have someone else that's more senior managing the actual communication. Mm -hmm. And um, typically, like the more senior outreach person will also be pretty heavy on social media. So like they may reach out to people on Twitter or Instagram or something like that and say like, hey, you know, uh, we're interested in, in potentially like connecting with you about this content because everybody gets a ton of email spam. There's far less social spam, more than there was when we first started mm -hmm. doing social link building, but there's far less of that than you get via email. So it's just a good way to stand out. And you may want to send like, you know, an initial message via social media and then say like, hey, I'm going to follow up with you via email. Um, so they know to expect it. And then the other thing that we like to do is in those initial uh, outreach emails, we'll go to a tool like BuzzSumo or, you know, and Ahrefs also has the ability to look at websites and see what the most popular content was in social media. So then you can start your conversation from that specific piece of content. 
you know, most people would just be like, oh, I love your website. And like, you know, just say something vague that isn't true. And so people just archive those emails. But if you reach out to them, highlighting something specific from their most shared piece of content, it seems more real because other people have talked to them about this piece of content. And so you, you create more of an opportunity to, you know, build an actual connection and actually get that response. So that's another big part of our initial outreach that allows us to get a pretty high um, response rate. Yeah, interesting. Um, um, yeah, uh, we usually use uh, Bustream in our team. I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, I need to check out uh, Pitchbox as well because I've heard uh, a little bit, but I didn't try. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I know yeah. it's more expensive, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure on prices. Buzzstream is great too. And mm -hmm. there's some there's some functionality in Buzzstream that I really like, like the ability to connect it to other things. Uh, and then also the tagging is a little better than what Pitchbox had. At least I actually haven't logged into Pitchbox myself in a, in a long time. Uh, I'm sure they've, they've made some improvements. But at the time where I was actively managing link building campaigns, uh, I was able to basically connect Buzzstream to um, a machine learning, <clears throat> mm -hmm. excuse me, um, yeah. model. And what we were doing is we were basically segmenting all the responses into different buckets. So that way we could easily see without actually reading the emails, um, you know, these are emails that are people that want to move forward. Whereas these are emails where people are just like, no, these are emails where people are saying we need to be paid. So it just allows us to really focus on the emails that matter. And then we could also automatically set up responses uh, for overcoming those objections. Like, so the people that were saying that, that they need to be paid, will have an automated response that says like, Hey, we don't do payment but you know we can do this with the content or whatever and then that way we're only focusing on emails that are actual opportunities to move forward mm -hmm. yeah i agree okay um can you tell more about uh for example creating content if you uh promote your content and ask a blogger journalist uh, to link to your content but you need to create this content for example uh from my experience i often get clients who reply to me i have no experience with writing with creating awesome content high quality how to find writers content creators who can help uh, and lead in the right direction do you share with clients and tell them it's your problem or you can help them with that no we actually do a lot of content for our, our clients and we've built up our own network of over 100 writers for that subject matter expertise um if you don't have that there's a lot of services out there that can support you you know um there's copy press there's um contently there's uh, getacopywriter.com. So there's a lot of different companies that can help you with that. Um, and when I first started the agency, like that's very much what I did is I just found a bunch of partners and we, we built like a layer of internal review to make sure we're like aligning with brand voice and tone and things like that. Um, but yeah, the way to, you know, keep your costs consistent and, and, quality uh control up is really to build the network that you can have like direct access to and the way you do that i mean a lot of that is networking a lot of it is um you know you might even want to go to some of the freelancer networks and uh make sure you test people out first you know we we have a little writing quiz we also ask them for samples things like that um 
but yeah, it's, it's very much networking. You can also do job postings, uh, post like free freelance jobs, and then people will kind of come to you. But it really comes down to you having the right price process in place to vet these people um, to make sure that they're effective. Mm -hmm. uh, what about uh, artificial intelligence? Do you use some tools uh, that can help with creating content? Yeah, we do, but that's that's not for what I'll call like editorial content. We'll, we'll mm -hmm. do that for things like e-commerce um, uh, category pages or, you know, for sites that have a really strong data model that can take templated content effectively. But for things that we're trying to drive, you know, like persuasive copy or uh, we're trying to create, you know, editorial copy. No, we're not really leveraging uh, natural language generation to support that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I use uh, some tools, uh, good mm. tools, uh, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, I like how they write content. It saves some time, but you need to edit manually to check Absolutely. out everything. Yeah. Uh, but um, these tools can help to save time, you know, <laughs> refining ideas. Okay. Uh, uh, share your predictions for uh, 2022. Uh, what kind of um, SEO will work? Uh, in this year and uh, where uh, webmasters need to pay more attention today uh i don't i don't think anything has changed significantly since i mean so the way i, I i'm trying to say this is like you know when when the panda algorithm came out everyone has to do something different uh with their content when penguin came out everyone had to start you know, doing content marketing rather than link building the way we did it before. So <clears throat> I don't know that we've seen such a dramatic change since then. You know, at the end of the day, like we're all reviewing websites, making sure they're accessible, making sure that you've got content that matches keywords and uh, making sure you've got content that will support link acquisition, doing outreach, measuring everything to see how well it's performing, and then making adjustments based on that. Like it's it's not strategically different than it was before. Um, that said, I think there are a lot of opportunities around structured data. I think there's a lot of opportunities, like you're saying, with natural language generation. I think there's a lot of opportunities for automation of things, you know, like the building of an internal linking structure, especially for a large website is one of the most important things that you can do. And there's not really enough tooling that allows you to do that at scale. I know inlinks.com or .net, I believe, um, you know, Dixon Jones software platform, it's looking to do things like that. But really right now, I think it's it's more about the, the new technical opportunities that are emerging as a result of machine learning <clears throat> and how do you incorporate that into your workflow but i don't think there's too much in the way <clears throat> of how seo is done that mm -hmm. has changed that you need to do differently One more time from North Korea. Okay. <laughs> okay, Michael. Yeah, it's a big pleasure to learn from you. Yeah, uh, thanks for uh, 
for spending time with us to share your skills. Uh, yeah, we have some technical issues with LinkedIn today, but yeah, uh, we got the audience. Uh, they asked all the questions, but uh, it's it's hard to <laughs> check out all of them, you know, when uh, because I usually check out on this stream yard. Okay, uh, how people can learn more about you, reach out to you, or connect with you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, ipoorink.com. I'm ipoorink on all the social channels. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm Mike at ipoorink.com. If you got questions, always happy to help. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay, guys, you can uh, find uh, all these links in the description below. Listen us on Google, Apple, Spotify. Thanks a lot for your time, for value. You know, yeah, I love learning something new. Okay, I'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.